President Biden here uh, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, talking about many different things. Um, number one, that he supports unequivocally Israel uh, after that attack on October 7th and, and talked about his long history uh, with supporting this country all the way back to the 1970s, right before the Yom Kippur War, talking to Golda Meir, who was the prime minister at the time. By the way, the timing of that and the timing of this, almost exactly uh, the same, the anniversary of the Yom, Yom Kippur War, October 7th, when uh, the attack happened here, that has really changed this nation and changed its position, uh, as well as changed what it is willing to do uh, to Hamas in Gaza. They are trying to, as all of the Israeli officials have said, rid all of Gaza of Hamas. I want to bring in our Caitlin Collins, uh, who was standing by and was in the room, our David Chalian as well, and our Clarissa Ward, um, who is here also in Israel with us. Caitlin, I'm going to go to you first. What stood out to you um, in hearing from the president? I mean, this was another unequivocal support uh, of, of Israel um, from the president of the United States. Yeah, he loves telling that story there at the end. It was his first time here to Israel's 1972, one year before, of course, the 1973 Yom Kippur War. It had this lasting effect on him. He often talks about sitting down with Golda Meir when she was the prime minister of Israel. Obviously, things are very different now. Here he is returning as the president of the United States. Israel is at war. He's the first U.S. president to visit Israel when it is at war, something that the prime minister Netanyahu noted earlier today. But as the president came out here today, Sarah, he did make news. He said that uh, Israel has agreed to an agreement to allow humanitarian aid into Gaza through Egypt. That has been something that has been a holdup for well over a week now, despite international talks to create some kind of channel to allow that aid in. You've heard Egyptian officials say they have trucks waiting at that Rafah crossing. That is the only uh, way to get into Gaza through Egypt waiting to get in, but it has been held up. They have blamed the Israelis. The Israelis have pushed back on that. The question, of course, that President Biden did not note is the timing of that. When will that aid begin to flow into Gaza? But he did say there is an agreement, and he also said that the U.S. is going to provide $100 million in assistance to Gaza and to the West Bank. Those are two notable developments coming out of here. One thing that we did ask President Biden at the end, as he did, as you're right, he expressed that solidarity with Israel once again, which was something his staff previewed on the way over here, which was tough questions they said he was going to have for the prime minister. And when you talk to officials about what those tough questions could be, they referenced what's next here. If Israel does go into Gaza, if there is that ground invasion, what does the timing of that look like? What is the objective of that? And what happens after that's over? You heard Prime Minister Netanyahu earlier warning that this could be a long road to victory was the phrase that he used. Of course, the question is how long and what it looks like after that. That's President Biden left the room. He did not answer that question. Um, he did issue another warning, though, about one of his main concerns and one of the biggest things that I've heard from officials that I've spoken to in recent days, which is the idea that this could escalate into a broader regional conflict. And that is only something that has become really more illuminated in the last 24 hours since that hospital was hit. I do want to note, earlier today, the president said he did not believe it was Israel that was behind that explosion at that hospital in Gaza. He said it was someone from the other team. Here, he clarified those remarks. He said he believed that, based on what he has heard and what he has seen, that it was an errant rocket from a Palestinian terrorist group. So that is an update there and a clarification there from his earlier remark that was not very clear to what he believes it is.
And that terrorist group um, that he is referring to, Israel says it was Islamic Jihad, not Hamas, but it is another group that exists there that does not believe in the existence of Israel itself. I want to go now. Uh, thank you, Caitlin, for that. I, I stick with us. I'm going to go now to David Chalian. Uh, David, can you tell us about the, just the significance that during a, an officially declared war that the president of the United States um, came into this country uh, trying to um, get some humanitarian work done, coming to just show solidarity, but just the significance of, of him being here as we have seen rockets coming into this country every single day and night um, throughout. Meantime, there are explosions going on in Gaza at the same time and a huge humanitarian crisis going on there. What's the significance of him being here now? Well, Sarah, you saw the president himself highlighted uh, that he was the first president to visit Israel in a time of war. He wanted to make sure uh, everybody understood that it is indeed a significant move. And I think it was so clear what he was doing throughout his remarks. The whole first half, as you and Caitlin were discussing, was that complete repetition of that total um, solidarity with Israel, uh, standing side by side in total support of Israel. And I think when you talk to folks around the president, what they believe that position does is allow him to go into the second half of his remarks, which was to call on the uh, better angels and uh, the humanitarian uh, sympathies of the people of Israel and not to get too uh, consumed by their passions and anger in, in response to the terrorist attacks and that they keep in mind uh, who they are as a people as he was trying to express the need for humanitarian assistance, uh, for the ability uh, for Israel uh, to... By urging some restraint, and I think when you when you look at the remarks and how they were structured, you see a president of the United States doing that very thing we've been talking about, which is threading a needle here. I, obviously, time will tell. The future will only tell us if that is successful. But it's clear that's what the objective was in his visit and putting a button on the visit with these remarks. Yeah, diplomacy is of the utmost importance here, um, but very, very difficult to actually, as you put it, thread that needle. I want to go now uh, to Clarissa Ward, um, who is here with me in Israel. Um, I, I am curious from your perspective, after hearing what you did about the humanitarian breakthrough, hopefully, although it has not happened, and Gaza by the hour is getting more and more desperate uh, for the civilians there, What, how you think that the, the Arab world, um, you know, Jordan, of people in Jordan, uh, people who are protesting right now uh, in Beirut um, and the response in the West Bank, how they're going to react um, to hearing the president's comments from Tel Aviv today. I think the reactions will not be positive. Uh, this will be seen as a full-throated endorsement of Israel and of Israel's comportment over the last 10 days, which obviously Arab countries have uh, denounced. I think there will be a lot of talk about what wasn't said. Uh, there was no call for restraint. There was no call for a ceasefire. It's important to remind viewers that 
the leaders of these Arab countries have many young people who are now impassioned and outraged and upset and are taking to the streets. And so they have to be seen as taking a hard stance, as supporting the Palestinian people. They are also trying, just like President Biden, to thread the needle, if you will. He did say, as you mentioned, that there has been some agreement on the Israeli side to allow the passage of aid into Gaza with the uh, proviso that Hamas does not divert that aid. But he also said that he hoped that would happen as soon as possible with no real clarity or sense uh, of when that might be. And I agree with David that he did issue as well some gentle warnings uh, to Israel after the first half of the speech, which was all about this remarkable display of solidarity with Israel. He said, we have felt that rage after 9-11. We learned from mistakes that were made after 9-11. I believe his quote was, while you feel that rage, don't be consumed about it and make sure that you have clarity about your objectives. That is obviously urging Israel's leaders to think very strategically and very clearly about what comes next. Everybody has been waiting for quite some time now for this much-anticipated ground invasion. There are very real questions, I think, being asked by world leaders uh, from many different countries about what that looks like, what the tangible result would be of that, the Israelis have said they want to essentially dismantle and uproot Hamas once and for all, but still questions remain. How do you go about doing that? Who steps in to fill the void afterwards? Mm -hmm. We have heard previously President Biden say in an interview on 60 Minutes that he does not think it would be a good idea for Israel to try to reoccupy Gaza. And so I think just a, a, a subtle warning that now is also a time to take a deep breath and think very, very clearly about what the next moves might be and what the ramifications of those might be. And also a very stern warning presumably to Iran, to Hezbollah, to others in the region who might be watching this moment, he said, who might be thinking of attacking Israel, he said, quote, don't, 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 Sarah. Yeah, um, some incredibly salient points from you there. Clarissa Ward in Ashkelon, uh, Caitlin Collins here in Tel Aviv, and David Chalian in Washington. Thank you to you all.